the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 this is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, this old trick again. Yes, it's early. Yes, it's Pure Opelka. Yes, it's live. So, uh, good morning. How are you? How's your family? How's your sister? How's your parents? All of them. How are your friends? How you doing? I'm uh, feeling particularly New York this morning and happy I'm not in New York this morning. There's all kinds of things going on. I'm happy to be coming to you from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker in the woods of Arden, Delaware. Uh, a couple of bits of uh, breaking news in the world of, of uh, water travel. We're looking at uh, the story that's that's popping on TV right now is a ferry boat in Hyannis Harbor, Massachusetts, with 57 people on it, had to uh, get uh, Coast Guard help. Five passengers medevaced after an accident. We hope that so that comes out okay. We don't know much about it. It looks like it overshot something. It's perched up on what appears to be some sort of a barrier. Not good. Uh, and the situation with the, the uh, United States Navy warship that struck a, a cargo ship. We have seven sailors, seven crewmen missing. And uh, there, there's not a whole lot of explanation to this yet. This is one of those stories that uh, I'm sure we're going to find out eventually what happened. But it's it's um, distressing when we have people who volunteer to protect this nation and they are deployed and on a ship and you run into a cargo ship. Seriously, how does that even happen? In the, the shipping lanes where this occurred, it's a it's a very crowded area. It's like the entrance to two of the biggest ports in Japan. And that situation causes a great number of traffic in the 505-foot-long United States uh, ship, the SS, USS Fitzgerald, a destroyer, uh, collided with this Philippine container vessel. And they were just about 56 miles out, out to sea off uh, Yokosuka. And the ship 
had some flooding issues. I think it was three sections in the front of the ship were taken on water. They've tugged it back to Yokosuka Naval Base and are working on it. But right now, the biggest efforts are, are, are trying to save or locate the seven, seven crewmen who are missing. It, it was moving under its own power, but it needed some help being tugged back, and they're trying to pump out those segments. But we have uh, naval aircraft, we have ships, we have Japanese Coast Guard assistance. I, I just don't understand how this happened. I know it was very early in the morning when this destroyer had this accident with a ship that's about five times the size of it. The cargo vessel has, uh, and I know what you're saying, how could... How could it hit? And you look at the damage. The damage on above the waterline is substantial, but uh, there is damage below the waterline because this is a bulbous bow of a ship. In other words, underneath there's this massive bulb, like a big nose coming off the ship, and it struck uh, it struck it uh, under the waterline and did damage. That's where it punctured and started taking on water. So our prayers go out this morning to the entire U.S. Navy, and, and hopefully we'll find the members of the Fitzgerald who are missing. Let's hope there were no fatalities. At 2.30 in the morning, there's not a full-duty crew up, but there is there's someone on deck, and there is someone who should have been monitoring and seeing that this, um, this Philippine carrier, this Philippine uh, container vessel was in the neighborhood. So we, we know they're sending a couple other um, Navy crafts. I think it's the Dewey is on its way. But, but the, um, a couple, two, two, of the, two or three of the people from the Fitzgerald had to be airlifted. So let's hope, let's hope to God we can, we can resolve this uh, with no loss of life. But there are updates on this coming all the time, I'm sure. I'm sure that's going to happen. Uh, something wild happened last night, and we'll get to that uh, in just a minute in New York City. You know, there was a, a big discussion of, of the, the play Shakespeare in the Park and the fact that they're actually parodying the Trump White House and essentially mocking Donald Trump and mocking Melania in this play, uh, adapting the Shakespeare to modern times and having basically a, a Trump character playing Julius Caesar. And he gets uh, assassinated. It's in the play. It's been there forever. But portraying Trump as Caesar has caused considerable discussion. Now, I, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, yeah, I expect it out of New York. And then sponsorship started pulling out. And again, I'm a free speech guy. In terms of free speech, I think the Shakespeare on the Park people are okay to do this. I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't think it's inspiring people to try and stab the president. I think this is these people getting their little crybaby tantrum out. I heard, and I think Glenn Beck said this. I have to check this. I heard Glenn say, uh, pretty sure it was Glenn, that the same theater company previous years did this with Barack Obama. So if that's the case, everybody who's whining about it should be quiet. Because it's 
it's parody. It's not, I don't think it's inciting. I have a friend who went and saw it, a friend who goes to Shakespeare in the Park all the time. He might be liberal. We never discuss politics. But I know him to be one of the more fair people uh, I've, ever, I've ever discussed anything with. He is a working comic, stand-up comic. And, yeah, some comics tend to lean very liberal. He tends to lean truth. And so, seriously, we've never discussed politics. I know what you're saying. Mike, you talk politics all the time. Well, there are days I don't talk any politics. But he went to see it, and he said it was brilliant. He thought it was great parody. He was not inspired to stab anybody. So, uh, you know, the Kathy Griffin thing is different to me. Again, it was her right to do it. It was CNN's right to say, I'm sorry, you crossed the line. You have to go. Same thing with Reza Aslan. Reza Aslan crossed the line. CNN had the right to say, you crossed the line, you have to go. But he was perfectly right or within his rights to say what he said on Twitter. I don't have to, disagree, I don't have to agree with it, but I can, I can say it's an ugly comment he said about the president. But back to the play. Last night, some activists, and in fact, a guy who's been on this show before, Jack Posobiec, and, uh, and there was a woman attending the play as well. Their place was packed. It's now become the hottest ticket in town. It already was a hot ticket. It's become even hotter. And uh, you, you can actually pay people to go and sit there and get a ticket to see this. Now, I know that uh, my friend... My friend, my old friend in radio and television, Sean Hannity, is very upset about this play's existence, uh, and he rails about it, especially because there's apparently some federal money used to promote or support Shakespeare in the Park. You don't have to like all the art that's out there. And if this were, if this play were saying hey, somebody needs to go stab the president, then yeah, I'd say shut it down. You can't do that. But I also don't think it's appropriate to, to shut the play down. You know, this, this protest happened last night in, inside the uh, Central Park performance of Julius Caesar. This, this moment happened and a woman rushed on stage and started screaming and hollering. And uh, I think I've got it here. It's about a, it's about a minute and 10 seconds. And it, um, it gives you the, the entire event, including some comments from Jack Posobiec afterwards. It's uh, in the play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause. We're going to pause security. So a woman walked up on stage during the middle of the play, and you can see the play. It's a full, full audience, substantial audience. It's probably, I think there's like 3,000 people there. It's a pretty big outdoor venue. And she's yelling, stop the, uh, the, the politicization and the, the pushing violence against the right. The announcer in the theater says, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause. 
Gee, do you think so? Do you think anybody thought this might be part of the play? These people who are there, most of them, 95% of them, are New York City liberals or liberals who've driven now from out of town because this has become sort of a bucket list thing for liberals. Do you think they, they didn't figure out what was going on as then security starts rushing the stage? Well, maybe they thought it was written into it. But if you know your Shakespeare, you know this, this doesn't happen in Julius Caesar. And now security is rushing to the stage. Security, please. And a guy in a black suit, a guy in a black suit grabs the woman. She's still trying to talk. Now, several guys in black suits and uh, security guys with shirts that say security are escorting her off pretty quickly. Of course, the crowd is applauding. Now, Joseph Goebbels. That's Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobiec, who is a, uh, a pretty outspoken guy on this topic, and he's calling them all Joseph Goebbels, uh, a Nazi who was part of the propaganda movement in uh, Nazi Germany. This is Goebbels. You are all Goebbels. You are inciting terrorists. Now, he's in the, in the actual seating area at the theater, in, in Central Park, the outdoor theater. And I'm guessing because all the security had rushed the stage that there was nobody there to get to Jack and get him off stage. And he's up there yelling, you are all Goebbels, you are all Nazis, and uh, you're inciting terrorists. The blood of Steve Scalise is on your hands. The blood of Steve Scalise is on your hands. Goebbels would be proud. Goebbels would be proud. Goebbels would be proud. Come this way. I love the fact that there's a guy uh, there's a guy trying to calmly move Jack Posobiec out and he's saying, sir, sir, you need to come with me. And Goebbels just looks at him and goes, or uh, <laughs> Goebbels, Posobiec looks at him and just says, Goebbels would be proud. <laughs> Doesn't yell it, just kind of says it to him. And now he's being escorted out of the theater. Be proud. Goebbels would be proud. Nazis. You are Nazis. Goebbels would be proud. Goebbels would be proud. Goebbels would be proud. Look, this happened last night. This is a protest. Uh, I, I, I support protests. I don't support disrupting these people's business. And Shakespeare in the Park is a legitimate production. These people are all right. Why didn't you do this out front? Why didn't you stand out front with signs and protest? I, I cannot condone in any way stopping the production of the play. I will fight for free speech everywhere, especially speech that I disagree with. So uh, if you want to see it, I should tweet out a link to this so you can see what, what this lady did and what Jack said afterwards, and you can decide for yourself. I, I will do just that as we go to break on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. 
they are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Yes, yes, it's live. Yes, we're here. And yes, I rudely forgot to tell you The phones are open. Yes, the phones are open. We're here working. I'm here in Delaware, and the guys are in Dallas pushing the buttons and answering the phones. Robert's making me sound good. Martin's on the phone, so give him a call, 888 Even if you don't want to talk to me, say hello to them. They deserve it. And if you're in the Dallas area, uh, today is the, the big deal sale of, of all the stuff from, uh, from 1791. 1791 clothing companies having a huge sale today. So if you're in the area, I think there's some online deals too. We need to check that out. See if I can get somebody on the phone here and uh, get details on that. Maybe, maybe we'll get the brains behind 1791 to give us a... An update. Um, I'm going to, after, after the bottom of the hour, I'm going to give you a shot, one last shot uh, on, um, on the chance to win the Mark Lee action figure. I, I got it in the mail. I ordered this, I think it was like six months ago. We had Debbie Lee on the phone. And Debbie announced that this company was making this amazing, lifelike depiction of her son who was the first american navy seal killed in iraq mark lee just a a beautiful human being whose last words to his mom that note that note to his mom just days before he died is so touching and if you read it it because it's out there uh it's also a copy of it is also included in with the action figure, this beautiful action figure. Uh, you'll understand what we're talking about. You'll understand the kind of human being he is. He was. Uh, Debbie Lee continues to operate America's Mighty Warriors. It's a group that helps, helps all kinds of soldiers returning from battle with problems. She does programs. I'm sure there's a Father's Day event. Usually they have a Father's Day event where families and dads can come and be part of part of a, a healing, restful event. And so I decided that this weekend we would do something special. Yesterday I, I played a montage and asked you to tell me what does the montage, all these clips have in common. And so many of you have entered, but we're at eight o'clock. We're going to stop taking the entries. M O Pelka at the blaze.com M O Pelka at the blaze.com. Send your entry. We're going to take all the correct entries and randomly select one of them to win this. uh, This is just really cool. Mark Lee tribute. It has, it has um, Mark Lee in his, in his uniform. And there's, there's about 300 separate pieces of equipment. That, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but they come with it. And they're all with such great detail. Such great care was taken in the construction of this. 
when when I got it, when I opened it up, there are a couple extra pieces. And there's one little bag, and it looks like a headset that you would wear if you were trying to communicate with a group privately. You know, it's a headset and a microphone. And it said, we sent this extra one because we didn't like the way the first one fit exactly. So we want you to have this. So just replace this. And I thought, these guys are really into detail. So after the break, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll give you another shot. I'll play the montage, and you can send in an entry. But remember, 8 o'clock Eastern, we're cutting it off. At the end of the show, we'll, we'll tell you who's the lucky winner of the, the Mark Lee action figure. It really is beautiful. It, it's absolutely beautiful. And when we come back, there's news on the Cosby trial. If you were here yesterday, you heard Bill Zimfer talking about what's going down. Now that the jury initially told the judge they couldn't come to a decision. Well, yesterday they told the judge again. Guess what happened? And Bill Cosby decided he's going to talk to the people. First time since the trial. I'll play that for you next as well. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm uh, in the break. I was trying to check up on something. Uh, apparently, the nephew, Riley Opelka, the 19 year old kid who's trying to get into Wimbledon, play his way into Wimbledon this morning, and it's not on any streaming, so I can't keep it on in the background. Uh, and I'm hearing from Robert in Dallas that it, it might be on DirecTV now. So uh, I have to tell Riley's dad that that's going on. So, George, if you're listening, and I know you are, because he was watching the stats before, it's a, um, it's a competitive match. He's playing against a, a young Canadian former Wimbledon junior champ. So it's Wimbledon junior champ against Wimbledon junior champ. And it's uh, going to be a tough battle. But who knows? That, you know, it's tough to get into Wimbledon. That's why they have this. Uh, before the break, we talked about the giveaway that's going to happen at the end of the show today. We are going to uh, give somebody this beautiful Mark Lee action figure. And all you have to do is figure out what, what these news clips, these traffic clips have in common. But like me on 285, I get around, round and round, round we go every Friday. Mark Aram, the standing by. Good right. morning, Linda. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, everyone. All I need in this traffic life of sin is me and my girlfriend. That's Ashley Frasca with Good News on 85. <laughs> Yesterday morning, Linda, was horrible ride on 85. You know, that's the way it is. Some things will never change. Hopefully this morning, things will be better on 85. We go to the maps, looking good so far. There. Time of the morning, we go up over your drive to work. Joining us on the north side perimeter, Mark McKay, untouchable like Elliot Ness. And no visibility problems here in Sandy Springs. We have been monitoring trouble, though, on I-285 in Fulton County. Mark McKay, let's show these people how we do it over this west side, because 
You and I know it's the best side. Yeah, it's a crash hit from Lawrenceville on 85 South. Of course, you can depend on Mark McKay, like the first in the 15th, to be up over the scene. Yeah, Captain Cam, yep, this uh, crash is on the right shoulder. You know, all eyes on me as we take a look at 285 this morning. Mark Aram giving you the traffic the way that you want it. Mark, how do you want it? I want it uh, nice and easy on the north side. Okay, did you figure it out? Hurry up then and send your answer to me, M-O-Pelka at the Blaze, M-O-Pelka at theblaze.com. And we will, at the uh, very end of the show, from all the correct answers, tell you who's getting that Mark Lee action figure. And uh, I, I think it's got a value, like over 200 bucks. So it, it could be yours. You just got to get, you got to get moving. Now, uh, speaking of getting moving, the jury in the Cosby case, in the Cosby trial, is, uh, is going back to work today. Yesterday, after 50 hours of deliberation, they apparently told the judge, sorry, Your Honor, um, we, we, can't, we can't make a decision. We're, we're deadlocked. And the judge told them, well, you got to go back to work. And apparently the judge can do this uh, forever and ever and ever. There's no limitation on how many times this judge can tell these jurors, you need to keep going. And last night, when the uh, news of the latest deadlocking occurred, Cosby spoke to people outside of the courtroom for the first time since the trial began. Now, he's come out in the past and walked, walked by the crowds of people. And in fact, lately, he's been doing the Fat Albert shout, the hey, hey, hey. And that leads me to believe he's pretty, pretty confident that this is going his way. This is Cosby last night. I just, I just want to wish all of the fathers a happy Father's Day, and I want to thank the jury for their long days, and their honest work individually. I also want to thank the supporters who've been here, and please, to the supporters, Stay calm, do not argue with people, just keep up the great support. How you doing, Thank Dr. You. The jury announced yesterday that it so was So that was yesterday, CNN grabbed that as it was happening. Uh, the, the deadlock jury does seem to, to favor Cosby, at least from what we've heard. The curious part there, why is he, why is he telling people, whatever happens... Don't argue with people if you are the supporters. Don't get into an argument. Cause, do you think there's going to be a riot if you're if you're either convicted or acquitted? Do you really think that, sir? I think that's that's a little bit of ego on Bill Cosby's part. If he actually thinks that that's going to cause a riot, either a conviction or or whatever of him. Seriously, Mr. Cosby. Seriously. Now, the situation that is pretty tense is the, uh, the case of the verdict in the Philando Castile killing. And that, that situation uh, looked pretty, pretty intense as uh, lots of crowds gathered in the street and marched for what they considered to be um, a, a miscarriage of justice. I don't know if you remember the Philando Castile case. That was the one where the guy was shot by uh, the police, and it was pretty much a broadcast on uh, television. 
it was um he he was um he was the 32 year old man this happened in minnesota and saint anthony police officer geronimo or geronimo yanez was found not guilty he was charged with second degree manslaughter and uh, he was also found not guilty on two counts of restless discharge reckless discharge of a firearm this happened back in july during a traffic stop if you remember the video was in, in um, incredibly intense it was a video that showed castile's girlfriend diamond reynolds and a four-year-old child, her daughter, in the car at the time. And Reynolds live-streamed what happened after the shooting. And Friday, she was quoted as saying she was incredibly disappointed. Her, uh, her statement read, My boyfriend, Philando Castile, was pulled over because, officer, per Officer Yanez, he had a wide nose and looked like a suspect. Apparently, they were looking for someone who had a similar appearance. Who knows where this where this was? Castile's mom, absolutely not pulling any punches. Uh, she was everywhere last night as well. And uh, I, I can't even begin to imagine what a mother's grief would be like, especially with the amount of public attention that was paid to this. But I think it's it's hard to comment on a mother's grief. But I kind of believe she's she's pushing this a little bit over the top right now. This was her statement. But nevertheless, it never seems to fail us. The system continues to fail black people, and they will continue to fail you all. Like I said, because this happened with Orlando, when they get done with us, they're coming from you, for you, for you, and all your interracial children. I don't know what that that has to do with it. For you and you and you and all your interracial children. Ms. Johnson, I know your heart is breaking, but I I I think you're you're pushing this a bit. I think you're taking this into a, an area that could cause more problem than healing. And she talked about how much her son loved Minnesota. Yeah or next and you'll be standing up here fighting for justice just as well as I am I am so disappointed in the state of Minnesota my son loved this state he had one tattoo on his body and it was of the twin cities the state of Minnesota with TC on it my son loved this city and this city killed my son a horrible situation a horrible situation that I don't think 99.9999% of us can wrap our heads around. But I think riling up the anger and, and possibly inspiring violence is a bad thing. Especially, I don't understand the comment about interracial children. I don't understand it at all. Why? Was there any evidence? Was there any discussion? Was there any inkling that this was related to uh, any any interracial child. This is a, a, a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. And don't make it worse. That's all I'm asking. God help America is what his girlfriend said. And I wish Philando Castile's mother would take the same position.
God help America. Michael Pelka and Pure Opelka will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Uh, that, that promo for the morning Blaze, those are the worst accents ever. They're worse than than Chris Salcedo's impressions. My God, come on, guys. Let's, let's get it right. All right, leave the comedy to the professionals, people. Doc Thompson returning... Monday, I, I tried to reach Doc, but uh, haven't heard from him. Haven't heard from him yet uh, since since the vacation. Doc went away, and usually after a day or two, he'll call and check in. And we we trade ideas. Just so you know, the Blaze Radio family actually is a radio family. Maybe it's more like the Adams family or the Manson family than than the Brady family. Or the cleavers, but we actually do stay in touch and we exchange ideas and we trade off and say, hey, that worked, that didn't work. If you heard yesterday afternoon, the end of the show, Chris Salcedo actually joined me for a little bit of what we call a crossover. And I I think that's part of what's very important here is the collegial atmosphere. So I was hoping to hear from Doc and see what he's up to. And uh, the only call I've gotten from Doc Thompson over the entire vacation was the really strange call I got the other day, and I think it turned out to be his son accidentally dialing me because <laughs> I heard Doc in the background with some people, and the phone was making noise like somebody was like touching it nearby and didn't know they had called. You know, you're hearing like, like that, and I kept saying, hey, Doc, Doc, nothing, nothing, not a thing. So I'm, it was either him butt-dialing me, which I don't think it was, or it was um, the little one, Cubby, calling me accidentally. And, and I would have loved it if he would have talked, but no, because I haven't heard from him in a while. Okay, enough about inside, inside stuff, Mike. We'll get to more of the politics, and, but I want to talk about, this is politics. It's, it's political, but not political. The story that, that a lot of us have discussed, um, Ted Nugent. And what Ted Nugent said, his flip-flop, normally a flip-flop's a bad thing. You know, we, we tried to check out all the politicians who flip-flopped during the campaign and call them on it. And sometimes when somebody flip-flops and they go the right way, you have to call them on it and say, good, congratulations. So Ted Nugent actually flipped flopped on something ted was on a radio show a wabc radio show that's here in new york a lot of people will hear it because sometimes they syndicate this stuff and talking to curtis sliwa and his co-host ebony curtis lee was the guy behind the guardian angels they used to be a a group of citizen patrols around new york city in the days when everything was out of control 
in the days when you got on the subway and you hoped to get off the subway. And if you saw somebody with the red beret and the red windbreaker, you knew they were part of the guardian angels who were people basically unafraid to step in and protect a citizen who might be getting rousted by some hooligans. And Nugent was on there talking to Curtis and Ebony about how they approach the political discussions, the discourse we're in right now. And he said this. I think this subject matter is critical right now. I think we've reached critical mass. I, I tend to agree. You and I had a bit of a confrontation because of some of the language I've used. And I, I have reevaluated my approach, even though I'm a street fighter. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. We use language in the street. We use certain harsh terms. But at the tender age of 69... Uh, my wife has convinced me that I just can't use those harsh terms. I cannot, wow. and I will not, and I encourage even my friends slash enemy on the left in the Democrat and liberal world that we have got to be civil to each other, that the whole world is watching America, where you have the, the God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we have got to be more respectful to the other side. But I have Ted, to clarify. Ted, Ted's, Ted's comments ring true, and they should ring true with all of us. We have to be more accepting of each other. We have to be more understanding. We have to seek not to create an abrasive environment. We have to first seek to create an environment that will be open Open the ears and then give them the truth. It's easy to insult somebody. I know. I can be pretty good at it. But it's more satisfying to make it all better and teach them where they are wrong instead of laughing at it. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, second hour, Pure Opelka. We have much to do today. We have many things we are trying to keep an eye on. Uh, the mainstream media is still obsessed trying to discuss, discover, and speculate on, on what's really going on in the Russia probe. And how has it changed? It does seem to morph, doesn't it? So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll watch uh, all of that going on. We're also hoping to hear some good news out of Japan, where we had the awful situation of one of our destroyers running into or being rammed by. Actually, they didn't run into them. They were hit by, collided with a Philippine cargo ship. And, and that has apparently four of our crewmen missing. Four U.S. sailors, or I'm sorry, seven U.S. sailors missing. And three compartments on the ship taken on water. And they are, um, they're working hard to actually find, find those, those crewmen. And they are, they are trying to um, 
It's just awful. How, how does it happen? That's what I want to know. I know it was 2.30 in the morning, but this, this ship, this class of ship, is one of the most technologically advanced kinds of ship. The USS Fitzgerald's 500-foot-long destroyer. It's got all the technology. How do we not know there is a cargo ship bearing down on us? So uh, say a prayer for those, for those seven missing crew members. A couple of others injured were airlifted off the ship as it was being towed back into port. The 7th Fleet is reporting the flooding is stabilized and sailors are assisting in damage control efforts, but we haven't heard any other additional updates uh, from uh, the 7th Fleet. They do say the Fitzgerald is back home and the rescue efforts continue for the missing shipmates. You can follow, you know, one of the better things about Twitter yeah, Twitter gets a lot of heat for all the of all the crap it stirs up and all the fights it sparks. And I honestly try to stay out of the fights on Twitter. I will occasionally point out to people how stupid they're being. Okay, more than occasionally, cut it out. But but Twitter is a great place if you can follow certain people and certain groups, you can get great updated information all the time. So you, you tend to follow the ones that obviously have interest in you. The Seventh Fleet is one of those. So is the U.S. Pacific Fleet, which is the Navy's, Navy's largest fleet command. Also, the world's largest fleet command. So uh, if you want to know what the heck is going on, uh, good place. And, you know, we don't do recommendations on the show a lot in terms of who to follow. One of those you must follow is Michelle Malkin. She's been on the show uh, a few times, but she's also um, somebody that you can, you can get a really good balance on, on, the, um, on the news, a balance with just honesty, conservative values, and, and yes, dare I say it, faith. So uh, Michelle Malkin, I, I'll put those out. And sometimes when you guys are good, and I appreciate you guys really following and retweeting and tweeting at me. I, I have no problems in recommending some of the superstars among you. So uh, one of those I follow, and she gets a little rabid sometimes, uh, who follows me on this show and who will occasionally listen to the show and then check in, is um, Harriet Baldwin, cousin of, I believe cousin of Alec Baldwin. Uh, she's got a razor sharp wit, but she's also uh, <laughs> she's also on top of stories, sometimes ahead of the news. So uh, you can follow Harriet Baldwin at Harriet Baldwin on Twitter. Don't forget the phone lines are open triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. Today's a big day for seventeen ninety one. They're having a clear out sale, sixty percent off sale. Good deal time at uh, 1791.com. If you're in Dallas, I think they open the shopping because they've been putting stuff out all over the place. I think they open the shopping uh, starting at noon central time. And, uh, Robert, if you're in Dallas and can confirm that. Robert, as a matter of fact, Robert, pop your mic open here for a second. I got a question for you. I got, I got questions, Robert. All right, I will do my best to answer. The studio, correct, sir? Yes, sir. 
When you came in this morning, there was a rumor I heard yesterday that the clothing, the 1791 clothing merchandise was all being laid out like a store in the big hallway. Yes, this is true. Did you walk through and do a little little window shopping ahead of it? I have done a little bit of perusing and kind of made some mental notes in terms of what's there and what I like. Okay, and will you be allowed to shop? Yeah, in fact, I think uh, everybody here is encouraged to shop, actually. So you've got an inside track. Exactly, and, uh, you know, if everything is still there when I'm done here, game on. So if I were to give you um, a list of things, you might be able to, well, we'll, you know, we'll talk during the break. I don't want to take valuable airtime here, but thank you for that. No problem. Uh, My pleasure. If you see Tim running around early setting up, uh, you might ask him if he's got a minute to uh, chat with us. I'll try and reach out to him as well. But if he's busy, uh, he might he might not be able to do it. But I have some some questions I'd like to pick his brain on. We'll and, keep an eye out for him. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, so that's the deal. If you want to find out about uh, 1791 or, you know, if you're in the Dallas area and you've always wanted to kind of walk around and take a quick look at the Blaze s- set up in the studios – Or if you want to see what Jeffy looks like, because who doesn't? I know you can watch him on the Blaze TV, but sometimes the camera adds 10 pounds. So if you want to see what the real Jeffy looks like, you should show up early because I'm sure there might be people standing in line. But you can see Jeffy arrive. Jeffy is like the most normal celebrity I know. He comes in the front door. He goes out the front door. He's not like... Uh, Glenn, who has to go into a a private back entrance. He actually goes in the front door. So you'll be able to see Jeffy today, uh, whether it's when he arrives or when he leaves. Because he he leaves as, let's see, this show goes from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. And then it's followed by the Jeff Fisher program, uh, which goes from 9 a.m. Eastern to noon. And then uh, Lawrence Jones follows this show. So when Lawrence is on the air, Jeffy usually sprints out of the building and um, and then goes and drives home or God knows where. But if you're there around the time of the sale, you could probably see Jeffy and, and shake his hand and tell him what a beautiful human being he is. And I would encourage you to do that. All right. Enough of the plugs. Enough of the plugs. But I, do, I would like you to follow me on the Twitter. Uh, one of my favorite moments this week, and there were some some great moments this week. The the people the people in New York have a unique sense of humor. The people in New York irritate me uh, many times, but this week the people in New York did something wonderful. And I'm not endorsing any kind of vandalism. I do not want to be the guy who's out there telling people that this is okay to do. As a matter of fact, it's illegal. It's illegal. Using using your powers or uh, your, your pen to deface official signs and signage is illegal. Let me just say this. If you get caught doing it, you will pay the price. But um, a sign, 
on the Sagticos Parkway in New York was vandalized Wednesday morning, early. The Sagticos is one of the main arteries coming in from Connecticut and Westchester, just north of New York. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Sagticos is one of the uh, it's one of the Long Island Parkways. I was thinking of the Sawmill River Parkway. But the Sagticos is on the Long Island Expressway. One of, one of the biggest populations of people in the world is on Long Island. They come into the city. A lot of people drive on the Sagticos. And there's a, there's a road called Crooked Hill Road. Don't get ahead of me. There's a road called Crooked Hill Road on the Sagticos. Exit S1W. Somebody took, uh, took the time to measure the height of the letters and the spacing between the letters on Crooked Hill Road and realized that if you take the word Hillary, you can take Crooked Hill and turn it into Crooked Hillary with a couple of simple additions. Hill with an A, and then if you cover the D in road... It becomes Crooked Hillary. So the sign on, on the Sagticos Park, Parkway, courtesy of Debbie Werba, was changed. She, she's the one who snapped the picture. She didn't change it. The sign was changed from Crooked Hill Road to Crooked Hillary. And, uh, of course, many people stopped and took pictures. The State Department of Transportation did not find this at all funny. As soon as we were notified about the graffiti, it was removed, said a spokesman for the Department of Transportation. Defacing public signs is illegal and, in this case, hilarious. And the interesting thing now is uh, there are apparently Crooked Hill roads or streets all over the country. Not that anybody would take a clue from the people who changed the Crooked Hill Road sign into crooked Hillary and made it look almost perfect. I'll, you know, I'll tweet out a copy of the sign, but I'm sure the road crews in uh, Pennsylvania, Texas, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, the people that have a crooked hill road in all those states and all the signs that say crooked hill road are going to be on the lookout for people wanting to change Crooked Hill into Crooked Hillary, especially now that Donald Trump has gone back to using <laughs> Crooked hill in his tweets. There's also one in Ontario, Canada. So you Canadians, you're on your own. But I'm just saying, I'm not encouraging any illegal behavior. I'm not endorsing or even suggesting that someone go out and do the exact same thing that the people in New York did. I don't want anyone looking at the Crooked Hill Road signs and realizing that all they need to do is put an A and a Y in strategic locations on that sign, and it suddenly becomes Crooked Hillary. I don't want anybody in Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Alabama, or Kentucky to do that because it's illegal. So don't you dare do that ever. Pennsylvania, Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky. You might have Crooked Hill Road signs, so 
be on the lookout. Maybe somebody else would do it, and you can send in a, a copy of the picture, right? I'm just saying. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, you knew that this was going to happen eventually, and uh, I anticipate it going to be happening more and more and more. And now we have a confirmation of it. Marriott International, you know, the big hotel chain. They, they're into all kinds of property as well. But hotels are what we most know Marriott for. Uh, Their St. Regis brand is looking to buy the rights to take over the downtown Toronto high-rise building, the uh, Trump International Tower, the Trump International Hotel and Tower. Uh, And and this, I'm guessing this is going to happen in, in many cities around the world where the president has properties that he's owned. But they're doing it and immediately telling people, the first thing we're going to do is take off the name Trump. <laughs> so uh, pay attention to these stories. They're going to go on forever and ever and ever as long as Trump's in the White House. Uh, it, they say it, it could take four to six weeks to close the deal and rebrand the hotel. But just... They're telling everybody the simplest thing to do would be to just take the word Trump off of it. According to reporting in, uh, in Canada, the Trump organization has previously said they would resist any efforts to cut short the company's long-term contracts. And uh, the Trump organization has not yet responded to requests for comment on this. But... Um, Every time the Trump towers around the world will sell an apartment, even if Donald Trump didn't build it, they had a licensing agreement to shave off a little slice of the sale for the Trump organization. So whether or not they actually built the piece, it was something that paid paid the Trump organization. Interesting, right? So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll let you know what the, the, latest, the latest is on this, the latest news. Now, yesterday on Pure Opelka, on the afternoon program, the midday show that starts at noon Eastern, it's, I know California, I know Oregon, I know Washington. It's breakfast time for you. But uh, those of you who were here yesterday heard me rant and rave about the, the warning that uh, socialism really is starting to get a toehold here in America. And I, I firmly believe that the, the success of the Bernie Sanders campaign that almost put Bernie Sanders in as the candidate for the Democrats, the massive number of votes that he got, the states that he won, are an indication that Bernie's thinking of fairness and government mandates that would say everybody has to make X amount of money 
Everybody has to have health care. Everybody has to have this. Uh, They're starting to take hold. And we need to be aware. We need to get better candidates out there to fight this. People armed with the reasons why capitalism, free market thinking, will ultimately be better for more people. If you believe that a free market is better than a government-controlled fairness market, then you need to raise your voice. You need to talk about it. And I brought up the case of the, the leader of the Labour Party in, in London, a guy whose party experienced a huge surge in seats in Parliament recently. And after the fire at the Grinnell Towers, this guy has come out and publicly advocated for the government to take away from citizens who have empty homes. For example, you might own a property. He called it um, property banking. In other words, you have put money into an apartment, a condo, a townhouse, whatever, and you don't live there all the time. But you might, you might live there a couple months out of the year. You might visit there. You might use it as a, a bed and breakfast. Who knows what you use it for? In the free market, it shouldn't matter. It's yours as long as you pay for it. But he's advocating for the government to come in and take these and, and put the people displaced by the fire into those empty homes and empty apartments. And in his discussion of this, he also kind of made a broad stroke saying there are many empty homes that go unused because of this property banking and we should, we should make sure that the homeless have a place to live as opposed to rich people having the ability to be property banking. It's creeping into our world and our society. I'll explain as one state considers a really radical idea. I want your thoughts on it too. Michael Pelka and Piro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, whoever wrote to me and accused me of uh, encouraging people to vandalize street signs just because I explained how Crooked Hill Road, which is in like seven states all over the country, just because I explained how simply Crooked Hill Road could become Crooked Hillary uh, I'm not, I'm not encouraging that. That's illegal. I'm just saying that I wouldn't be surprised if some merry pranksters got out there and tried to do what the people in New York did on the Sagticos Parkway. Not that I posted the sign on Twitter, on my Twitter account at StuntBrain to encourage people to do that. Not that I would do that, but you can see the sign. I thought it was kind of funny, but again, it's illegal. It is highly illegal. All right, before we went away, I expressed my concerns 
my concerns. And if, if you want to weigh in on the topic, if you ever want to join the conversation, 888-933-9388-900-3393. That's the number. Uh, I'm concerned that creeping socialism is about to move from creeping stage to sprinting stage in our country. And, and I say that because the Sanders factor, the Bernie Sanders factor, Bernie Sanders had such a, an unexpected rise in the, in the campaign for the White House in, in 2016. I witnessed the power of Bernie Sanders at his rallies. I attended Trump rallies. I attended Hillary rallies. I attended, uh, I didn't get to, I didn't get to any other GOP candidate rally events. There weren't too many in the Northeast region. But I saw Trump live. I saw Hillary live. I saw Bernie live. The Trump live events were as you, as you expect. They were massive. They were energetic. They were um, entertaining. I'll tell you that. And uh, the, the Hillary events were just boring. And some of them were very well attended. Some of the Hillary Clinton events had a bunch of people show up. But they sat on their hands. And as one of our astute observers yesterday noted, that's because that's how they scratch their brains. Uh, they sat on their hands for most of the time. It was like, yes, we're here because... The queen of the Democratic Party has arrived and we must bow and scrape. But there was zero enthusiasm. So at the Trump events, you saw massive enthusiasm and you saw uh, people who were just excited about it. And they actually shared their interest in, in government. Many of them said for the first time they hadn't been talking about politics ever before Donald Trump, which that's encouraging. And then I attended a Bernie Sanders rally. The biggest one I attended was the one in Washington Square Park in New York City, which is very close to NYU. So it's kind of like fishing where the fish are, if you will. Bernie Sanders was there among people who obviously were just Bernie devotees. They were people who would have voted for Bernie at any time. If he were dead, they would have. If it was weekend at Bernie's, they would have voted for him. But I saw something in that group, that group of youngsters. And they had bands that played. They had, uh, they had music going. They were having a good time. I swear if there had been a Blaze radio random drug test the next day, I probably would have had some sort of uh, show up for a contact hike. There was so much pot there, I thought I was back in college. But what I did see was this blind devotion to Bernie Sanders. And it was a group that, unlike Hillary, which was probably a 60-plus group and, and predominantly female, and unlike Trump, which was a 40- to 60-plus group, and a mixture of men and women, a very healthy mixture, I saw a younger audience and a very, very uh, diverse audience, men, women. Now, color-wise, it was not as diverse as Hillary's. 
but it was more diverse than Donald Trump's. So when I see that and I feel the energy in the group and I feel how many of these people who were there for Bernie Sanders were not only um, excited about Bernie, but after the event, when this whole thing broke down, they stayed in the area because I walked around Washington Square Park for a good 30, 40 minutes after the event broke up. And they were partying in the streets. They were actually dancing. It was like a Grateful Dead concert in the area where people dance and just spin. And, and they, were, they were there. Yes, it reminded me of that zombie-like approach to life often seen at a Grateful Dead concert in that area where the marijuana was consumed and the music was playing and the people were just... Uh, dancing dead. They weren't the walking dead. They were the dancing dead. At the, oddly enough, at the Grateful Dead show. So when I see this and I hear about these people who are still behind Bernie and we hear talk of Bernie possibly looking at 2020 and looking at a, another run, he certainly has the vitality, more vitality than Hillary Clinton, vitality than Hillary Clinton. I think he'll be healthier at 78 than she was at 68. I see socialism has, has a foothold in America. And it's because it's got a, a foothold among the youth. It's got, it's got all of these kids energized, and they're all behind Bernie. They're still feeling the burn, despite the fact the guy took a nearly $800,000 advance for his book. And uh, I'm sure he's keeping it for himself. Despite the fact that the guy now has his lake house, I think he's got three houses now. And despite the fact that he's, he's among that 1% who he often makes fun of or often talks about the fairness is not out there. Well, now we are seeing more evidence of socialism taking hold in America. And it comes from one of, one of the most beautiful places in America, a place I have yet to visit, a place I would love to visit. But if I'm going to fly, let's face it, if I'm going to fly for 12 hours, I want to go somewhere where I hear a different language and spend different money and the people still hate us because I want to experience a different culture. In Hawaii, uh, they still spend the same money. They speak the same language. They do hate us. So it's only one out of three things that I would be achieving in my vacation goals. But Hawaii has become the very first state in America to officially start exploring the idea of providing all residents with a guaranteed basic income. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that one state is saying, the bill which has passed both houses in the state legislature, in a unanimous vote. Did you hear that? A unanimous vote declares that all Hawaiians deserve, quote, basic financial security. And it has placed the uh, requirement on state agencies to analyze what they are calling, quote, universal basic income, close quote, and any additional policy options. Universal basic income. This is a little frightening to me. What's next? Universal basic 
housing, universal basic employment, universal basic education, universal basic food. Will universal transportation be far behind? It is a slippery slope, my friends. It is a place that I don't want to go as a nation. Hawaii's got the highest cost of living in the country. And it also has a bunch of low-paying service industry jobs because a lot of those are in hotel, restaurant, food service, etc. And it's now starting to see some of those jobs go away. Why? Automation. You're having automated grocery store checkout lanes. You're having 3D printers, which will put some manufacturing segments out of business. You are seeing the advent on the horizon of self-driving autonomous taxis, delivery trucks. So the economy is changing. And this idea of, well, what do they call it in the socialist circles? UBI. We need to talk about the UBI, man. The universal basic income. California's looking at it. Hawaii's moving fast towards it. The UBI project has already started bubbling up in places like Oakland, which is doing an experiment giving 100 local families somewhere around $1,500 a month. One of the Facebook founders is, is behind something called the Economic Security Project. He started a $10 million fund that's going to promote universal basic income. What do you think about this? Obviously, labor leaders, social justice leaders, academic leaders. And Andy Stern, the former president of the Service Employees International Union, is behind it. So is Alicia Garcia, the Black Lives Matter co-founder. So is Robert Reich, the former labor secretary under Bill Clinton. They are nervous about the loss of workforce for low-wage work that will be consumed by robots. And instead of saying, hey guys, why don't we teach people how to fix robots? Why don't we show people what's required to uh, maybe get ahead of the curve and learn a new skill. No, we're going to say, our jobs are going away. We need the government to take care of us. This is really dangerous, in my opinion. This is where Hawaii's getting it totally wrong and California's paying attention. It's obviously going to be a, a while before UBI becomes a reality, but the bill is in the books. The Basic Income Economic Security Working Group is already getting traction. So watch this space. Pay attention. They're not about solving problems. They're about creating dependence. And that's where I take exception with what the left is doing here. So while... England starts saying, hey, we've got we've to confiscate property from, from those disgusting rich people. Hawaii is saying, we've got to take care of people. We have to provide 
universal basic income leads to universal socialism. Think about it. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Send a quick prayer right now to Riley Opelka. He's in a tie-break battle in the third set of a critical match in uh, London. Right now, quick prayer. Go, Riley. Go, Riley. Thank you, God. Uh, Let me check in with uh, William in Florida. I don't have a whole lot of time here, William. Welcome to the show. Is this my Cuban friend? My Cuban friend, William? I'm sorry? Uh, Is this my Cuban friend? Yes, yes, it is. Well, welcome, sir. I have brief time here. What do you think about the Donald Trump's uh, news yesterday? Uh, well, I believe it's a little mixture of everything, to be honest, uh, because even though if he goes back uh, to the policies before Obama, uh, United States is going to keep doing you know small business here and there with Cuba, which is actually uh, uh, still bad for the people. Uh, I believe the only the only way we could uh, really tie uh, the Cuban government and put them in pressure is uh, by going back to the 80s, but back to the Reagan era and the the Kennedys era, where they were really bad on them, you know, those years. Really tight sanctions is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, here here's the whole deal. Uh, I have a mixture of emotions on it because uh, tight tensions in the end, the big generals and military and the government, they, they don't feel it as, as the people feel it uh, yeah. because they, they, they just pass the struggle down, you know? Uh, yeah, they, it, it does trickle head, down. They, hey, hey, William, hang on one head. second. Hang on one second, sir. I've got, I've got less than a minute to go. I've got you and I've got uh, and Fred and PA, and I want to get to both of you guys. If you can hang on through the break or call right after the news, I want to talk to you about what you wanted to talk about as we were discussing uh, universal basic income and, uh, and youth working. And I know, uh, I know Fred's got something to say, and I'm sure William does too. Uh, we will get into that, and we will get into why I am looking so forward to Shark Week as it's coming up just around the corner, as Tracy Morgan taught us. Oh, okay. So here's some advice I wish I would have got when I was your age. Live every week like a shock week. Every week. We'll get into the reasons why after the break. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka, only on the Blaze Radio Network. It it is, it is, it is the third hour of Pure Opelka waiting in the wings. The lovely, the talented Jeff Fisher follows this program 
And I'm sure he's going to have a preview of some of the stuff going on with the 1791.com clothing sale. If you're in Dallas, you are lucky. Why couldn't they do this last week when I was there? Why, Dallas? Why? Just a bummer. But uh, I'll get over it. I'm not offended. Really, I'm not. When we went away, last hour we were talking about uh, the concept of uh, universal basic income, UBI, as it's known. And uh, Hawaii is looking into it. California has some trial programs on it in certain places. I'm against it. I don't think it's a good idea. But we were, we've got a couple of you interested in talking about it. And if you want to join the conversation, 888-900-3393, William in Florida was on with me when we went to break. William, uh, welcome back to the show. Where are you on this concept? Uh, no, no, against, totally against, uh, not even Cuba, which is a communist country, have it. I mean, this is crazy. Uh, that happens, and uh, I'm moving back to to Cuba, or I'm moving back to. It's rather be, be in Cuba or Russia than having an equal income to everybody. No, that's that's wrong. Well, one of the arguments, William, is that if we give you universal basic income, then we're going to get rid of food stamps, we're going to get rid of housing support. We're going to. Oh, that's a lie. That's a, that's. The, I'll tell you why why it doesn't work. You know, uh, socialism and and. Um, communism, in theory, is beautiful. It's, it's perfect in theory. Now, when you put it in practice, things start crumbling down. Because if I'm going to make exactly what you're going to make, it doesn't matter how hard do I work, I'm going to start going to lack. I don't care. You work a little bit more. In the end, I'm going to be making the same amount of money that you are making. So it doesn't work. The, the, the economy goes down. It goes yeah, we- down to, to underground. The problem is the education system for decades has been swayed towards the the thinking of fairness and universal everything, and these kids have no incentive. And it's all at the hands of these Mercedes Maoists, as I like to call the tenured professors, who they're going to get their big raises and their stuff, but the kids are going to be told, well, it's got to be fair and you have to change it. See, uh, that's that's the big problem with millennials I, I am a millennial i was born in the 89 so i am a millennial but the difference is that i i lived what communism looks like and socialism looks like so um i, I i'm totally against it and there is no point for the best country in the world to be heading to into that path uh i believe is a suicide uh, economic and uh, and a society suicide for United States if you start going on the uh, communist or socialist pathway. I believe everybody have the right to earn what they deserve and not what they uh, want to earn. You know what the government wants them to earn. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Thank you, William. It's you know it's always a pleasure to know that you're out there. You're one of the one of the smart ones in the Stunt Brainiacs, and you're also not afraid to contribute. I appreciate you, sir. Have a great day. Uh, Fred's in PA. Fred's in Pennsylvania, also another one out there that sometimes gets me nervous because I think he's going to hit me with a question. He's so smart, I'm going to sound like a dope. But, Fred, where do you stand on universal basic income? 
Well, Mike, thanks for taking my call. Um, so Hawaii's going to probably pass it through and put it into practice. California's not far behind. Uh, we all know that Pennsylvania follows in California's footsteps, you know, like, uh, you know, a mama duck and a baby duck. Um, I have a huge problem with it because, you know, my wife and I have worked our butts off. We've paid our own way through college. Uh, we both worked full-time and went to school full-time to get our college degrees. Um, we make decent money um, as far as middle class. Um, my wife started her own business on the side and, and working full-time. Um, and uh, we paid probably higher than, I would say, probably 90% of the population in taxes this year just because we wanted to get ahead. My my issue with that is that if they start doing this universal basic income, how much am I going to pay then? I mean, I, I paid over 40% in taxes this, this past year. Yeah, think about that. Think about 40% in taxes. That means you have to work for the government until what day every year before you're going to get there. You have to work 40% of the year. You're working well into May, pretty close to June, before you earn a single dollar for yourself. That's a scary prospect. And think of the people that have to, you know, there's so many people who left California and moved to places like Florida or Texas because they got tired of paying 53% of their income to the, to the government. And, you know, Gulf Mickelson's one of them. He's talked about it. Uh, you hear Sean Hannity talking about the taxes he pays. And I don't know how he still is able to live in New York and afford it. We got out of New York because we were not just paying uh, Social Security and uh, Medicaid tax, whatever it is. But we were also paying city, state, and taxes. And it's just, it was too much. That's why we moved to Delaware. And now Delaware is trying to raise the taxes down here as well. But it all goes towards uh, your point uh, that money that they're going to need for universal basic income is going to have to come from hardworking people like you and your wife. You're going to be looked at as as evil rich people, even though you're not in the in the that half percent like Bernie Sanders. And and it just it disturbs me. And I think this is why we need to keep screaming about it and sounding the alarm, because um when when people tell me, Fred, and tell me if you've you've seen the same thing, when people tell me, well, it's going to be great, we're going to actually save money because we're no longer going to have food stamps or Section 8 housing. And my answer is right, right, because it's so easy to take away federal programs from people. It's so easy to shrink a federal workforce. The, that would cause a riot in the streets, I guarantee you. Well, and, and to your point, I have, I have two of those. You know, one, um, Pennsylvania instituted a, a gasoline tax, and Pennsylvania is one of the highest in the nation for, for sales tax and tax on gasoline for our quote-unquote roads, which are horrible. They suck. Um, but they put this gasoline tax in because they wanted to widen 81. This is a temporary tax. It won't, it won't uh, you know, be for very long. Well, it's now been for four years. We have the highest tax in the country, and, and they still haven't done what they said they were going to do, and the money's going into another fund, and they're just putting more tax upon more tax upon more tax. And, and quite honestly, they never got rid of other taxes to put 
that they're putting uh, that money on top of that gasoline tax. Well, you talk about the gas taxes. As I live close to your border, you know, Pennsylvania and Delaware, kind of, we're kind of like neighbors. I see a lot of my brothers and sisters in Pennsylvania driving over to Delaware to save 10, 15, 20 cents a gallon on taxes, even though our tax on gas ain't cheap. So I, I see those folks, and you're exactly right, because I drive your roads in Pennsylvania, and they do stink. They're terrible. So yeah. I wonder, now, wh- when are the people of Pennsylvania going to say to Harrisburg and maybe to the people of Philadelphia, what, what are you doing? What, where's the money going? And you said it was going to be sunset once you figured, finished widening 81. When, when are the people going to actually stand up and do it? You know, I have no clue. And, you know, honestly, I thought Pennsylvania was smart enough um, that, you know, they got they got rid of, of Corbin because of one, you know, one mistake he made of what he said. Not that I agree with it, because I really don't. Um, but so they put another person in who is is more like Obama, where, you know, he just is spending like there's no tomorrow. He overspent the budget, which was five months uh, behind uh, or past due. Now people are screaming that that they uh you know we don't have any money and blah 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 and we still haven't woken up to the fact that we're not holding the the house of representatives the senate and and the, the congress or um, and the governor responsible they're just spending all this money now the huge part of this is that and there's a big push in pennsylvania to uh eliminate property tax and there's a state bill uh, in front of Congress uh, for property tax relief and the eradication of property tax. In that bill, however, they never state that they can't add more tax upon it if they need to. So if we get two years down the road and the school districts say, oh, well, you know, we want to build another Taj Mahal of schools, they're just going to up the tax again, and now we're paying more in sales tax and more in income tax, and now we're pushing more into property tax. We're just paying more in taxes anyway. Tom, you bring up a point that I know everybody out there is listening going, why the hell are we talking to this guy from Pennsylvania about his taxes? Well, it's because it's coming to your state if it isn't already there. If somebody in your state, if you're in a blue state, and that state says, hey, we've got a great idea. We're going to eliminate property taxes. And you know everybody who pays property tax, you and I, anybody who's a homeowner, says, thank God, they're going to get rid of my property taxes. Unless you ask, okay, where are you getting that money now? Where's that money coming from? Because they're not just going to stop spending. The governments, left or right, are not just going to stop spending. You are going to have to, have to ask the questions, the hard questions. Because I guarantee you, when the right hand is dazzling your face with that spinner, that fidget spinner, the left hand is picking your pocket. And that's the thing we have to watch out for. Tom, I appreciate you. I hope you're not out changing those uh, signs on the streets to uh, say uh, Crooked Hillary, because I know there are Crooked Hill Road signs in Pennsylvania. So please don't do that. Please don't get arrested. Yeah, I mean, one one last point, Mike, you know, and and most people don't know this about Pennsylvania, but 
you know, they, they keep saying the American dream and, and, and making yourself right. It doesn't pay. Um, my, my wife and I work very, very hard. I probably work uh, 18 hours a day. Uh, we have two small children, you know, and we're, we are just busting our rears. We're building a brand-new house, uh, probably our dream home that we've always wanted. My property taxes are going to triple in like a month from my old house to my new house. Oh. And I'm basically renting my house from the government. I'm just basically renting it because if I don't pay the property tax, they take my all my assets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people don't understand that. And they will do it. They're not going to hesitate to do it despite what they'll say about trying to keep people in their homes against the evil banks. But the evil banks aren't anywhere near as evil as the people that want that property tax, and they will come get your property if you don't pay that tax. Tom, thank you very much, sir. God bless you and your wife and your business. Have you been, uh, is your business one that, before I let you go, is it worth profiling on the, the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson? You know, they profile businesses, young entrepreneurs and old ones too, all the time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we actually um, are an independent retailer for uh, LuLaRoe uh, clothing. Well, you know what? Uh, Doc Thompson does this segment called Building America, where they interview young entrepreneurs and try and help get the word out for them. Send me an email, please. I will forward it right to Doc. You guys should get profiled on his show. And then let's see what we can do to help everybody out there that's listening. The Morning Blaze every week and sometimes more than once a week talks to young entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, old entrepreneurs, people that are out there trying to do their thing and find out what the maximum wage is in this country by building good businesses and good products. Tom, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Fred, Tom, what am I thinking, Tom? Fred, thank you. I was looking at your governor, Tom Wolf, and <laughs> losing my mind. Uh, thank you for your, uh, your constant support, and have a great weekend, and have a great Father's Day as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to uh, Pure Opelka. We are we're, we we stumbled into a hot topic today, didn't we? We're talking about universal basic income. The people in Hawaii, the legislature in Hawaii, passed it unanimously. Uh, a a proposal to get working on it, to look into it, and now California actually has some tests going on in communities that are experimenting with universal basic income. Uh, kind of dangerous in my mind, but uh, we've got a couple more calls. Uh, Vecca in Oregon is on the phone. Hello, my friend. How are you? Happy Saturday. Oh, thank you, Mike. Uh, happy Saturday to you as well. Where do you stand um, my, on this my one? My thought on topic. the whole universal um, the, uh, income thingy is that it's not going to work. Um, until they make it nationally, before it becomes a national program. And then it's not going to work because they're going to run out of other people's money. 
and then the whole thing tanks and it'll be the capitalist fault because they all fled the nation because it didn't work because they ran out of other people's money. And see, this is where our politicians fail to do their work. They fail to do the projection into the long-term thing. And uh, I'm so glad your clarity is on that. You get it. And it, mm-hmm. it is. And this is why I also think, Becca, that a lot of these politicians are attempting to put the clamps on, on money, on wealthy people taking their money out of the country. You watch as, as uh, that is regularly brought up in, in the ways that uh, the same way the, the leader of the Labor Party in London has said this property banking has to stop. In other words, uh, it's wealth shaming, and it is also going to make it a, a legal question about wealth that really makes me very nervous, very nervous about all of this. But um, I, I don't know if it, it's going to wait for a national thing. I, I think there will be states like California, states like Hawaii, states like – it depends on how blue Colorado gets that could experiment with this too. Uh, and I know your state is kind of split. There are pockets of conservatism, and then there are strong pockets of liberalism. But I've, and, I've always but the respected the, the independent thinkers in Oregon. Most of the people I know from there are smart folks. Some of them are just misguided. Yeah. Unfortunately, the population base is in Multnomah County and around Salem, so it'll get yeah. passed. And it's it's just the thing is you not you can't tax enough money to make the revenue to to make it work. Um, and I don't know if any, they keep saying, well, look at, at the Europe and how well it works there, and and, and you know how, how socialism works there. I say, yeah, look at look at Russia, the, the people in Siberia where the government provides for their housing and their heating their heating and their cooking oil and everything. They haven't had heating oil in their houses since the 90s now tell me again how that works in siberia people just need to know and that's why we can't ever shut up we have to constantly speak about this thank you vecca appreciate you being there daniel in florida checking in you're weighing in on ubi where you stand on it daniel well my stance is this it's the most basic fundamental economic fact that they always overlook. If everybody gets a set amount of money every month, say $1,500 a month, that effectively becomes the new $0 a month. Right. Everything adjusts around you to suck up that basic minimum amount. It will not help one person long term. Well, here's the, and I've only got like 20 seconds left. I'm sorry, Daniel. You're, you're spot on, absolutely 100% correct. And that the market will adjust to the money that's available out there. But then the government will step in to do price controls to make sure the market doesn't do that. It's a dangerous first step. We'll be back. I've got so much more. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It is uh, just about 25 minutes before the Jeff Fisher show. If you're checking your watches, <laughs> oh, what a weekend we have ahead of us, right? I hope, I hope you get to spend it as a dad or with a dad. Just a, a little thing. If you want to know why I just said that, read my uh, last Twitter post. I'm going to be riding the couch tomorrow and maybe a little bit today watching the U.S. Open. Always a great tournament. It's the American Golf Championship. And uh, for the first time in, in forever, the top three players in the world won't be in the competition for the American Championship. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and Jason Day. One, two, and three in the world. Three of the best golfers ever and anywhere right now. Missed the cut yesterday. So there's chances a, a young gun may be jumping on that U.S. Open trophy. Phil Mickelson, one of my favorite golfers in the whole wide world, is not going to be there because his daughter is granulating from college. And she is the valedictorian. And Phil thought it would be a, a better idea to be there. So good for you, Phil Mickelson. Now, Phil's also, I, I think it's the only major he hasn't won. And Phil's been playing like a house of fire lately, too. So uh, what are you going to do? The, the folks at Smirnoff Vodka have decided to try and make a little hay out of the Russia probe. <laughs> kind of an interesting little twist. I, I like pointing out stuff like this. The people from Smirnoff Vodka are trolling the president with a, a new statement that says, made in America, but we'd be happy to talk about our ties to Russia under oath. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. They're probably going to get some attention. What a week it's been. I hope you're still saying prayers for Steve Scalise. Scalise is going to need a whole bunch of prayers to get through the recovery. Yesterday, the most amazing thing happened, though, during the press conference with the doctors. Did you see that? Did you hear some of the things that were said by the doctors? When you, when you realize just how serious the, the wound was, the rifle round that hit Steve Scalise in the hip and then went through his pelvis and shattered his pelvis and went across the other side... They said there were hundreds of metal fragments inside Steve Scalise. Wow. And that he was, he was um, conscious right after it. He was talking after the shot. He was on the phone to his wife trying to calm her down. But by the time they airlifted him to the hospital, Scalise had gone into shock and was in danger of dying. Steve Scalise, based on one of the assessments from the doctor, Steve Scalise may be expected to walk again. You want to talk about a miracle? Uh, one, of the, one of the doctors said yesterday, we don't know the full extent to his recovery. He's still in critical condition. He's still in the ICU. He will need more surgeries, but... You know, if he does recover, excellent recover is a good, recovery is a good possibility. That's what the doctor said. An excellent recovery is a good possibility. The extent to which he's able to walk and run. 
is up to him. That's a miracle, people. That's that's God getting involved. And uh, there are people who are uh, continuing to pray for Steve Scalise. That's great. Keep doing it. There are people who are who are donating blood on behalf of Steve Scalise. And you know what? Blood donation is a great thing anytime. But if this is um, your call, if you if you're feeling good and feeling strong and you just want to get to your blood bank, just do it. Just do it in honor of Steve Scalise. You'll never know when you're going to need that blood, good blood karma, as they say. Oh, those people at uh, those people at, at Smirnoff Vodka. What are you doing? Um, I'm not a vodka drinker, but, you know, whatever. Good for you, Smirnoff. Clever. Uh, there's another story that's out there that's kind of bizarre that I have to share with you. I, I thought this was really strange. You know those laundry pods, the brightly colored laundry detergent pods that suddenly people are saying, we have to do something about these because they're killing children. In the last five years, two children and six adults have died as a result of ingesting, eating those laundry detergent pods. So more adults than kids have been killed by this. But the the adults who have eaten the pods have turned out to be people with dementia who who don't understand what the product is. Because I was sitting there saying, wait a minute, what adult is eating the laundry detergent pods? And it turns out that more often than not, these are people with uh, with mental impairment, probably due to uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, something along that line. So uh, they're now putting out warnings to uh, tell people, look, put your laundry detergent pods out of the reach of people. And if you have a, a senior in your home or a person who has cognitive impairment, as they're calling it, cognitive impairment, you need to hide it under lock and key somewhere. And they also are demanding now there are groups that are demanding that the manufacturers modify the appearance of the package so they don't look like candy. I guess. I guess if you look at the bright colors, it looks like candy. Uh, I don't. Know. I've, I've never. I've never mistaken. I'm happy to say I've never mistaken the detergent for candy. Now speaking of candy, um, why are we making snortable chocolate? Why? Why are we making chocolate that you can snort? <laughs> this is actually happening. In America, you're starting to see in the same candy section and the energy pill section at stores in Florida, they're, they're putting out a product called Coco Loco. But um, apparently people are finding that if you put a line of this brown powder and it's got little specks of white in it, that's that's part of the flavoring. People are putting out lines of this powder and snorting it and they get a rush of energy. Snorting chocolate, not new. Not new. It's been out there since 2007, according to uh, reports on U.S. News and World Report. The Belgian chocolatier Dominique Persoon 
created a device that he calls the chocolate shooter to snort um, cocoa powder, not cacao, but cocoa powder. European club goers apparently use raw cacao in pills and drinks for its energizing effect. But Coco Loco, which seems to be appropriately named, Coco Loco uses cacao, processes it at a lower heat, and that they say it retains more of the beneficial nutrients. Do you know what? Next Wellness Wednesday, we need to get Dr. Jorge to weigh in on this, and we will. You can apparently buy it uh, in, in Florida, as I said. They do say that uh, raw cacao is a superfood capable of mood lifting and uh, helping your brain cognitive assistance with the flavonoids and apparently the muscle relaxing magnesium. I wonder if that would help against uh, cramps in your legs at night. I wonder. Coco Loco sold in a little packet and they say it hits you quicker if you snort it. Uh, we'll have to see. Someone's going to get after this. You know someone's going to stand up and say, we, we're teaching kids. This is going to be a gateway. This teaching kids to snort cocaine. No, it's not. But uh, I do wonder how it feels. Johns Hopkins, the School of Medicine, the uh, respected school of medicine here in the Northeast. I think it's Baltimore. Dr. Andrew Lane, the director of rhinology and sinus surgery, says uh, he hasn't seen any studies showing the benefit or the harm from inhaling these ingredients. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be. Now is the time. Now is the time to apply for that study to see if snorting chocolate is a problem. Could be good for you. Could be bad for you. So they do say that there is a concern, however, that... um, Snorting the high concentration of powder in your nose over a a long period of time and with great frequency could cause what they call concretion to form. In other words, it's going to make a giant chunk of chocolate up in your nose or in your sinuses, which is not a good thing. So snort your chocolate carefully, people. And if you've done this, I'd love to hear from you. Michael Pelka stepping aside. When we get back, uh, we'll say happy Father's Day. Yes, of course we will, especially to all the dads out there listening. But I also have to announce who is going home with the Mark Lee, the Mark Lee uh, action figure, the beautiful action figure. I posted it. You can see it on Twitter. It really is amazing, and it benefits and has benefited the work from Debbie Lee, our dear friend, and the mother of the late Mark Lee, the first Navy SEAL killed in Iraq, will announce the winner. Did you enter? If you didn't, why not? It's too late now. We'll do that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back, and uh, here's an important thought for today and for basically every day. So here's some advice I wish I would have got when I was your age. Live every week like a shock week. Tracy Morgan, and uh, as Tracy Jordan, in the first season of 30 Rock, one of the greatest lines from a truly great show. Those of us who've been in the industry and seen it, but it, it, it reminded me today that I needed to tell you about the craziest thing I've seen in forever. Michael Phelps is going to kick off Shark Week, the upcoming Shark Week, by racing a great white shark. (laughs) I'm sorry, uh, we've gone into the bizarro world, Michael Phelps. I guess he's beaten everybody else in in human life, and now he's going to start taking on actual aquatic life no they're not going to put them in the same water i'm sure the well there'll be a wall so <laughs> michael phelps competing against a shark <laughs> oh it's too good good for you michael phelps what a way to monetize your retirement brilliant download this show today i think should, the show today was wonderful so many of you participated in our discussion of Universal basic income. So many of you played along and shared great points that I hadn't thought of yet. So uh, beautiful. I'm in the state of Delaware, as many of you know. And uh, Delaware, according to a survey, a recent survey, Delaware is the state where the highest percentage of people will spend Father's Day with their dad or their kids. So good for you, Delaware. And if your state is among the low ones, I'm looking at you, Wyoming. Get it fixed. Get a hold of Dad, because you'll be mad when he's not there. And follow my Twitter if you want to know why I didn't do too much on the topic today. Uh, Those of you wondering, Riley lost a heartbreaking tiebreaker after um, the third set ended in a tie, so he's bounced out of that tournament in London. Now, um, I, I played something for you yesterday. I played a, a clip for you yesterday entitled Tupac Lyrics in the News. Tupac Lyrics in the News. Uh, Good morning, everyone. All I need in this traffic life of sin is me and my girlfriend. That's Ashley Frasca with Good News on 85. Yesterday morning, Linda, was horrible ride on 85. You know, that's the way it is. Some things will never change. Hopefully- so this channel... WSB-TV thought they were going to be clever yesterday on Tupac's birthday, and they did newscasts with traffic reports that included Tupac Shakur lyrics. So many of you wrote, oh, well, you know, um, uh, those all have the word 85, the number 85 in them. Yeah, we might have, because we didn't get too specific, we threw you in the pool, because that's kind of a correct answer, too. Uh, the person who answered those are all 80s songs, uh, not really where we were going. The person who said helicopter traffic reporting, not a correct one. We had to throw that out. But I have to tell you, we put all of your correct answers into one giant pile. And the lucky winner, um, I, I don't know if this person's ever won anything on the program before. I don't think so. Uh, congratulations to Doug Steffens who will be receiving the beautiful Mark Lee action figure. And those of you who want to be a part of America's Mighty Warriors, support Debbie Lee's work. 
She's a mom who lost her son, a Navy SEAL, killed in Iraq, and she's helping all the other surviving warriors. Happy Father's Day. Testudo, my friends. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.